Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is Joshua Gill alongside with Dwayne Drone. What's going on, Dwayne? Nothing much, man. Just uh, hanging out, chilling here in the office, trying to get work done. I'm getting some done, and I'm spacing out the other five minutes, and then I'm getting some more work done. So what's that, ADHD? Is that what you call it? I think I, I have it today. <laughs> is that a temporary uh, insanity, or is it something more more normalized for you? I don't know. I think it's starting to mesh, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's temporary normal, you know? <laughs> it's springtime during COVID, right? So in- insane demand and not enough supply of materials and the-, the-, the day-to-day struggles that go with this type of world or anything construction-wise right now, right? Just turn off the news, man. I know. Is, is what I'm learning. That news will have you going insane. Just turn it off. You know what? Yeah. Every single device and every single tv has an off switch if you want out of it you just shut it off and you know and it changes it changes the outcome of what's really going on the moment you turn off like they said there's a gas shortage turn that shit off and the gas shortage will stop yep exactly (laughs) (laughs) it's all what you say it is right yeah stop you know it's crazy well today our topic is becoming priceless so here's something that we learned years ago that uh, has really helped us grow our businesses and and really quickly uh, is is this concept of you know so many so many business owners want to be thinking or think that customers are only thinking about price you know bottom line is that is is the bottom line right so they they are constantly thinking well I need to be the cheapest or I need to be you know the, the biggest value for the client in the, in the sense of being you know on the cheaper side of things and we just found that after trying that over the years at least I know I did from the beginning it just doesn't work because next thing you know, you're constantly competing with the cheapest guys out there. And those guys are only in business for a few years and then they're out because they can't make any money being the cheapest out there. So we actually flipped the script and said, what if we weren't the cheapest out there? What if we gave the best value? And in giving the best value in the sense of education and the best uh, you know, overall project and the performance of the installation and the design and, and even the long-term ramifications of a, a, a life you know, a lifelong design that's going to hold up and and stand the test of time, right? So what if we flipped the script and said, look, we're not going to be the cheapest anymore. We are going to create the highest value. So what I mean by becoming priceless, it's more about how do you offer so much value to your client that they're not worried about the numbers anymore? Dwayne, that's the biggest thing, right? And you know this, right? It's not about the numbers anymore because you're solving problems for them that they didn't even know they had. And you're doing it before they're even asking you to, because you know them intimately enough, your ideal clients, you know them intimately enough that they just, that when they listen to you talk, when they see your presentation, they're just like, wow, it makes no sense for me to go any further. Again, you become priceless at that point. Have you found that to be true in your world, Dwayne? 
You always got to do that. I got to send it over, yeah. I feel like If you don't send it over that way, this podcast is not going to work. You got to do that every single time. Yeah. I'm going to try coming up with something new. I tell you what, Joshua, I think you, you bugged my phone. I think, you, I think the last time we recorded some videos that you did something to Siri and you bugged my phone because this very conversation is what my contractor was, him and I were having this just last night about the very question you just sent my way to, to ask me to answer. Here's what's happening. We've created so much value and so much greatness in what we do in our business that we don't have a financial problem anymore. Like We don't have an issue with clients paying the bill or paying up or, or anything. That's not our problem anymore. We don't have to chase anybody down for money. They understand, they respect our value, and they pay us. What we're seeing is we have to alter the level of customer service that we're offering because the clients want us so much and then we offer so much value to them, they expect a very higher level of customer service and relations and return and phone calls. And they pick at things a lot more in depth than we've, we're even used to. You mean, because you mean, we're sort of this industry, you sort of move from a certain one class to another class and to another class. And we moved into this class of money, of finances, of homes, of value, of clients, that they pick a little bit more and they drive a little deep, deeper because we have raised this value to them that we're sort of priceless now. And now in order to survive this level of scrutiny or whatever, we have to start raising our prices. And we have no, they have no problem paying us. That, that matter of fact, they pretty much want to pay more to differentiate us and, and actually have us pay attention to them and nobody else because they don't really care about us working with any other client. But if we're chasing the next client, we're not the level that they want. They pretty much want us to deal with them. So we're become, we've become that company who's priceless. And it's been through the past of, you mean, some of the rules and laws that I had to stand down on as a business owner to, to hold to that we became priceless. And so we're living this right now. We're living this question you just asked me right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's, it's such an empowering space to be and not in a way of ego, but more of knowing that you're finally valued for, you know, you can get paid what you're worth. That's, that's the biggest thing. Because in the beginning, everybody struggles and they're like, all right, well, I got to just do what I got to do to get paid and yada, yada, yada. But some people stick there. They never actually grow beyond that. And the important part to realize is that you're only going to get paid what you're worth and what you think you're worth, right? So if you don't think you're worth a whole lot, you're not going to you know, perform very well, or you're just going to do enough to get by, and then you're never going to be able to raise it up. But to your point, you know, client experience is and customer experience in general is so important. That's what your clients will pay more for. They will pay for you to solve their problems, not just through design or through construction, but solve their problems through permitting, through, you know, dealing with inspectors, dealing with all the intricacies of what we do. Handling all that in the office is going to make a huge difference in, you know, the client's overall impression of you and what they're willing to pay. If you're, if you're one of those contractors out there that says, you know what, all right, guys, we're going to come in and we're going to build this deck or build this patio for you, but we're not dealing with any township or any, that's all you homeowner, you got to deal with it all. You got to deal with the permits, stormwater management, not my problem, that's your problem you know what kind of value you actually bring to the table all you want to do is your small part of the project and how can you demand a higher price for that when you're having the client do half the work it's not going to work right so when you start handling all those things and you focus on the client experience if you were the client you were in their shoes what would you want this experience to be like 
Would you want this to be a basic bare bones, like, um, you know, go to Taco Bell, whatever kind of experience? Or do you want it to be like they're going to the Ritz-Carlton and, and you rolled out the red carpet for them? Because that's going to directly affect how you're going to be paid. If you're just thinking bare bones basic, you're not going to be able to ask for much more than that in your pricing. But if you're looking for the higher echelon and, and to be able to create a, an, an experience for your clients each and every time, you need to systemize it. You need to understand what your clients are thinking, what their concerns are, what keeps them up at night. You need to be thinking about these things so that you can position your company, your offering, your solution as a way to solve that problem for them in the, the simplest way possible. Because remember, your clients are very busy people. If they can afford outdoor living to the levels that we're, we're working with here, they are very busy people. They have their professions. They have their careers. They love doing that. They don't really want to do what you're doing. All they want to have is, is the final result of what you're doing. So it's an emotional result. They're looking for a space to spend time with friends and family in the backyard, that they want to be comfortable, all of those wonderful things. But they want you to make it look so stupid easy that they don't even recognize what's going on. Like they're not part of it. They just want you to come out and do what you do and let them have the excitement and the result of what you've done and what they've paid for. So the better you can make that client experience, the more turnkey you can you make that for them, the easier it's going to be for you to be able to demand whatever price you want from the market because you have to, del- you have to deliver that value first. You can't just be like, hey, look, you got to pay me a lot of money and that's the end of it. Like that's not going to work. If you're not providing yeah. that value first, clients aren't going to see it. And if they don't see it, they're not going to pay you. Yeah. This, uh, I think I spoke about it uh, I th- uh, either on the podcast or in a group that we were in, but I, I sort of, we had a client a couple months, about a, maybe a month ago that we sold project manager, the job started, and they had to pay the second, you I mean, because your business, and we're, we're, you and I are in the same business, but we operate a little different. We operate on a more of a management team side and management fees compared to selling the entire job and then paying out contractors. So it's a little different. And sometimes it's a little bit tough to explain to clients our process and until they get into the process and realize like, oh my God, this is, I like this process. But we had a client where they paid the deposit, got everything started, then the project started, and then they had to pay the next payment. And then I, I got this long email questioning my fees. This is too much money. I mean, the, the homeowner had these hours broken down. Like, if this is the case, and we're paying you this much an hour, we're paying you this much money, and it's just way overblown and stuff like that. And I just explained to them, like, we're not charging you by hour. We're charging you for the value of what we do. And I said, the fact that the lighting company is booked out for the entire year, but they're in your backyard and they're pretty much the best lighting company you can probably get your hands on in the city. The Hardscapes contractor is one of the very best that you can get your hands on. And and this guy just doesn't have time to even talk to anybody, but I got him at your house early, first off in the month of April, starting out. And I said, all this stuff is going down. And I said, what you're not realizing is that you're not stressed out by any of this at all. And I said, the reason why you're not stressed out is because we're doing our job. And so the moment you become stressed out, send me a message, send me an email, and we'll, my team on my side will take care of it and we'll fix it and we'll, we'll pull the stress off of you. And that's all I said. I stopped. I didn't say anything else. I wrote it letter very nicely, very punctual. I ran it through Grammarly, so I didn't have any misspelled words. <laughs> and um, 10 minutes later, after I sent the email, the payment was paid. And that's when you realize how priceless you are. 
And then they just been tested recently. I think you we talked about on the last episode is that we got hit with a permitting issue. The permit, the there was some stuff that I I think it was just we were just making too much ruckus in the neighborhood. I mean, this is a I mean eighty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar job going on in the back. It's actually eighty total after everything's done in their backyard and it's at the corner of the street. And so the neighbors are looking like, what is going on over here? And so some inspector came out, shut shut my crews down, tried to kick the guys off the job site for some permits. I made some phone calls to the city, pulled off one permit in 30 minutes and turned around and said, oh, we need a fence permit and had the fence permit turned around by the next day and posted on the, the house. And the husband actually sent me an email like, you know, I mean, I really am impressed with what you guys are doing. This is really amazing. Your proficiency and your teams are doing just an amazing job. And that's what happens. That's when you become priceless. But there are times when clients forget that. Like, I mean, we have a client now who thinks that they did it all. You know, like they think they did everything themselves, you know, and I realized that every contractor was in that backyard is because of us. The entire design was built because of our designs and how we put it all together and all the management through. And it's because they actually wanted to scrutinize everything that made their experience worse. I mean, we can't make every experience great, but they wanted to over scrutinize and but the priceless piece was still there. Like it still happened. And it, sometimes it does cause an issue where they think they you're so priceless that they don't really think they needed you because you made their life so much easier. No, I actually agree with that. And, and when you've made it that simple for them, sometimes they almost get a little bit bummed. They always thought that this project, you know, is going to, you told them you went through your sales script, everything was great. You know, they, you set them up and you set the expectations well for, for everyone to win. But then they say, you know, but it's building stuff, right? It's contracting. There's always going to be something that comes up. And when it doesn't, they're like, wait a minute here. I got to have something to complain about. <laughs> you know what I mean? It almost seems too good to be true. And some people just take it and enjoy the the fact that it wasn't a pain in the ass to have a, the experience. And others, they just want to throw their own stuff in there. And it's just the nature of people that's, you know, if you did a really poor job, then they want to complain the whole time. And it, I think some people just like negativity too. I think they just need some of that in their life. And when it's too positive and everything is too smooth, you know, through an entire project, they want to bring stuff up. But you know, the thing is, you can't please everybody. It's not life. It's not it's not the goal in life to please everybody. And there's no way you ever will. So no matter what system you build, no matter what process you create, it's not going to work for everybody. As long as it works for the majority of the people you work with, your ideal clients, then you've got a great system. Keep rolling with it. But there's always going to be people that are going to try to test and measure it, and check it and you know, all of that. We get that as well with, you know, our sales process and with uh, design and all that stuff. People come in and we they tell us one thing, but through our, through our journey that we have together through uh, the design and the budget study and all that stuff, a lot of times people change their minds. You know, that's that has to be part of your functioning uh, system that uh, humans can change because they will change what they asked for. They'll change their budgets. They'll go up or down. Sometimes they lock on a number and there's no way to bring them off that number. They're just it's stuck in their head. You can talk as much logic as you want. You can talk about everything else, but at the end of the day, sometimes emotion takes over, right? And it becomes real when they start seeing numbers. It's not just something that they were going to do five years ago, and now all of a sudden they're ready to do it. Now you're asking them for dollars $60, $560,000 $560, to do this, and the next thing you know, they're like, oh shit, this is getting real. I actually have to take all that money that we've saved, and I have to spend it. And it becomes very emotional at that point for some, not for all. 
for some people and they, they don't know how to manage that. So, you know, again, because outdoor living is something that most people only buy once or twice in a lifetime. So if that's the case, you know, they really want to make sure that they're not going to live with regret, that they're making the right decision, that they pick the right partner, that the design is going to supply all the functions and all the comfort that they truly want. And there's just, there's a lot going on. So again, going full circle back to the, you know, adding the value. When you're adding value first, and that's our focus as well, is to add value first, meaning that when you have a client that still, we just call them either cold lead or, you know, maybe lukewarm at this point, right? So, and they're just looking around, they're getting a sense that they have to do something, they're becoming aware. So they're what we call the in the awareness phase. So they're starting to become aware they want to do something in their backyard, or they want to do something to enhance their property. Once they start becoming aware, they start seeing things in the periphery. All of a sudden, they start seeing other people having work done. So they ask them questions. They see stuff on social media talking a lot more about uh, outdoor living or whatever it might be, a new patio or deck, whatever they're looking for. So they start becoming more aware and they start doing some research. So that's the next thing they start getting into the research. Okay, that's cool. I like that. I don't like this. What was, what's better for me? What does this stuff cost? We got to get a sense of all that. So people start going on this journey. Most people buy in that sequence, right? The awareness and then the research and then they start bringing people out and they start talking to them. Then they have to make a decision on who. So with all of that happening, if you happen to be the person or the group or the business that is out there offering all kinds of free educational value. And what I mean by that is, you know, things that uh, you've learned along the way that uh, you've seen other clients that have suffered from, you know, bad decisions, whatever it might be, that you can offer them tools and tricks to make sure that never happens to them. You become priceless. You become valuable. And you're adding thousands of dollars worth of value before you've ever asked for $1 from them. And that's the kind of interaction and that kind of transaction that people are looking for, especially nowadays. 50 years ago, it was a different world. But now people are a lot smarter. They're very sophisticated when it comes to buying. Even if they don't understand outdoor living, they still understand how to buy because everybody wants to buy. Nobody wants to be sold to. So they need to find somebody that actually cares enough about what they're looking to, to achieve getting into the why, getting into the deeper life effect, we call it, where we get into the sense of why they're doing this project, what emotional drivers are pushing this, so that we can make sure that we're capturing that in the design and we can deliver it to them at 100 to 110%, right? So setting all that up, giving them tons of, of material ahead of time through social media posts, through you know videos from your job sites, educating them on how proficient you are and how much detail you put into it, working with you know a blog, laying out a blog so they can read different things, just all that is extra information and it's a way that you can constantly keep your client learning. And once they learn from you over and over and they start to align with your your vision and your overall uh, way that you handle things and, and the good and the bad, you know, reading reviews, all these kinds of things, they're going to start jumping on your side and be like, well, okay, those guys seem like they know what they're doing. I really think that when we make this decision, we want to talk to them about this project. Now, they're the people that have been thinking about it for a while and you have others who just kind of think about it on the weekend and say, okay, well, I want to do something in the backyard. And they tend to come in, flash in the pan, we call them, and out they go again once they see numbers because they they aren't really in it to win it. They're simply there to solve a quick problem. And most likely they're going to go with the cheapest guy and that won't be you. But, you know, it's it's a crazy world we live in right now and, and it's, it's what it is. But if you add the value, if you can add $1,000 worth of perceived value and only be charging $100 for it, how many people would say no to that? Yeah. They're all gonna jump on it. They're all gonna jump on it. So that's that's all part of the sales presentation. That's all part of your design presentation. It's all part of all those things to, to give them the the uh, the expectation that you're gonna be awesome. 
right? Because then they just, it takes the fear out of it, the risk out of it for them on the transaction. So, but by keeping in mind that whenever you're doing something marketing wise, or whenever you're doing something for your website, or whenever you're doing something at a home show, or whatever it might be, that you think you have to deliver a thousand dollars worth of value, and that value is only going to cost them a hundred. And if you do that through all of your different, uh, you know, ways of communicating with your clients, when you go in to ask, say for instance, when it comes to, it's called a value stack is really what we call it in the sales world, right? When you, when they have a value stack and they understand what you're going to be able to do for them and how it's going to solve their problems and you really truly understand your, your ideal client, again, what keeps them up at night, what they love, what they hate, where they go on vacation, what kind of cars they drive, what kind of TV shows they watch. Like if you know them intimately like that, you will then say, okay, this is my ideal client. Now, this is what they love. This is what they don't like. Now, how do I position my brand to stand right in front of them and be that solution? Because they're ultimately the people that I want to work with you. And a way to find your ideal client is to to go out and think about what are the last three clients that you worked with that you, when you were working with them pre-project, during the construction and post-project, that you sat back and said, man, if I could only put them on a copier and just copy them or duplicate them, right? And just have 50 of them a year, I would love my job every single day. That's how you find your ideal client. They say, okay, well, we have those three people, those three families, those three individuals that we've worked with. What, what commonalities do they have? And, you know, okay, maybe it's value of home, maybe it's location of the house, maybe it's it's the overall things they asked for, maybe it's how many kids they have, maybe it's the kind of car they drive, maybe it's the kind of work they do, the occupation, what they studied, where they travel, like, what are some similarities between them? And then you can say, okay, well, my my average home, with that's what those all kind of figured out, my, my average home value is about 500,000, that's what was common in those three. They both are in healthcare, or one's in healthcare, one's in finance, or whatever it might be, it makes no difference. And and you kind of go through and you figure out, okay, they like to drive BMWs or they don't, you know, they can drive Acuras, they could drive Hondas. It doesn't really matter what it is, but you start getting a commonality there and you start to see where they find value and what they're willing to spend money on. Um, but you also get an idea of how you need to position yourself in order to be the best value for them personally. Because again, you're not going to be value for everybody. So if you can pick those people and you understand what drives them, then it's very simple to line yourself up as the best choice. I hope all this is making sense because it's something that took me years and years to learn. Same here, dude. I actually, um, I filled out a personality dozier. I think that what you call it, like a personality um, trait sheet for our business. And we started doubling down on what they read, what cars they drive. Like I even did, I did go to the Audi dealerships and the BMW dealerships. And I looked at the marketing, the paperwork and everything to build the business according to what that buyer uh, was going. But let me add to the value of that too, is when you become priceless and valuable to a client too, you also you also have a certain level of, in, in our businesses, in our design business, you have a certain level of design and things that you do that you sort of won't compromise from. And I think that, creates a priceless situation in who you are in your business also. And when clients do business with you, they know there's a certain quality and level that you're not going to go below then. And you're going to stand behind it no matter what the situation is. Like, you know, you know, more and more I'm learning that you can't really cheap out on anything. Every single time we tried the cheaper option, it didn't work or it fell apart or we had some issues and we had to go back or something like that. Like, I mean, we're good. That doesn't mean we don't ever have an issue where we don't have to go back. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we've had to go back on a couple of jobs that 
we pushed we pushed the element of design too far. Like we just had a pergola that almost fell over. You know what I mean? We <laughs> I actually I had to I did I had to call you up like, dude, what is going on with this pergola? And because we pushed the element of design a little too far, and so we had to tear it all back down in the middle of this busy season and rebuild it. But the client, I was, we were just over there actually last night talking to the client. He was like, yeah, the neighbors come by and they're asking, hey, what happened to the pergola? And they were like, well, you know, we wanted some more slats and things like that. So in order to really pull it off, they had to tear it. I said, no, don't tell us. Don't lie. Tell them that there was some structural issues and it came down and we tore it down and rebuilt it. I said, that's the story of what, what happened. And that's a story I want, want known in every neighbor and everybody in this neighborhood. I said, if somebody doesn't want to hire us because we came back to repair something that was having issues, they, they really don't understand what they're getting into because we saw a problem and we tore it all down and rebuilt it. That's the story I want to told. I mean, we just, it was just, it was pushed. We pushed it. Like I designed it. It proved permitting, and we just pushed the structurability of what we bit too far. And it was probably maybe a foot taller or foot wider than it should have been what we designed. And even the permitting company didn't catch it, or the, the, the city department didn't catch it. So we had to re-engineer it and rebuild it, and we tore it down and redid that. That's the story I want told. Don't tell the story. But that's what makes those are the things that make you priceless. So every neighbor and everybody in that neighborhood knew that. VizX Design Studios came back, tore down a pergola and rebuilt it because there were structural issues. You know, I mean, companies do stuff and just take off and run and dip and don't have anything to do with it. And then um, when I in the beginning of this podcast, when you started talking, all I could think of was the book, The Fountainhead. And that really keeps ringing deep in my mind. Just li- And that's how I design. I mean, it's sort of an arrogance and it's, so, it's a lot of confidence with a, with a slash of arrogance is that I just design the way I design. And and if you want us to design your stuff, then you got to let me do what I do. I really don't want you to change much. I do understand the value of what you are, what you need, where you need to be, how many people you have in your house, the parties, the events. I am paying attention to that, but it's a certain style and there's a certain level of build quality that we're going to build with it, or I just don't want to touch the job. And it's just it's sorted that way. And and that's those are other things how you become priceless because now we become that company that they know when we show up, we're gonna do it right and we're gonna finish it all the way through and get it done, no matter how many of the phone calls. I mean, we, we get bombarded, man. Same clients, just text and emails. Like there's one guy I almost like I hate arguing with a client, but there's one one client, like I pretty much had to sever the friendship because it was just too much. Like it was just texting and on Sunday, on Saturday. And and then it got rude. Like you guys aren't showing up. And I'm like, dude, it's raining today. You know what I mean? Like, what do you want them to do in the rain? And I finally just had to check them. Like, listen here, bro, we don't treat us like that. Don't treat my crews like that. Don't treat me like that. We're going to knock this stuff out. And as you see, we are here every day. We're not disappearing. We're not hiding anywhere. We didn't steal anything from you. You haven't even paid the final payment. So we didn't steal anything from you. We're knocking it out. And that type of level of pursuance on what we do is those are those priceless effects on how you become priceless, at least in our industry, I feel, and and learning how to to navigate through this this new class level that we're working in, that where clients see that they can demand more from us and we're going to produce, you know? No, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned something earlier about, you know, uh, having 
a much better perspective of what they want and making sure you're delivering all of that and how you, when you start raising levels, you know, as you start going from say middle class, upper class, whatever with your clients, how the, the demand is different. People expect different uh, things. They expect less hands-on and, and, and more hands-off. And again, depending on who your ideal client is, you need to be thinking about what, again, fall in love with your ideal client, not your product or service. So you fall in love with your ideal client, you figure out what that drives them, and then you create a, a business model that works with them. And as they ebb left, you ebb left. And as they you know, flow right, you flow right as well. You're with them as they move through this thing called life and through different economies and through different uh, you know, worlds as it is now, you know what I mean? So we have to keep focused on them throughout the entire experience because we need to keep increasing how we can deliver our outdoor living spaces and the experience that comes along with it. Because most people think with outdoor living, you know, you're going to do a patio deck, whatever it might be, pool, that it's going to be a major upset in their, their daily life. If they have kids or pets running around the backyard, it's mud, it's constant mud in and out of their new house or the new floors, whatever it might be, right? So when that goes on and on and on for weeks or months or sometimes even a year or more, you know, it gets, it, it rubs them raw. They get, they get really, really chapped about that after a while. And that's one thing they didn't think about throughout the entire decision-making process to do this project. And eventually it wears on them. So when they come back to you with a toothy email or text or something like that, it's not because of you personally, most of the time, hopefully not, right? It's not because of you. It's because of the situation. So it's assigning the right meaning to that text to that email that might be toothy or nasty or whatever. It's because they're just frustrated that they have to do this right now or that their dog is coming with wet, muddy paws all across their brand new floor again. And this is the fourth time this week they've had to scrub the damn thing because of it or across the carpet. So the kids are coming in all dirty. So it's that's what builds up over time. So again, back to the becoming priceless, you know this is going to happen, right? This is part of the process of building an outdoor living space. So bring that up to them early. Say, guys, look, it's going to look like a bomb hit your back here. There's going to be mud all over the place. I suggest that we make a little pen on the side here for the dogs to run out into. I'd keep the kids out of the mud because they're going to track it into the house. Just having that conversation with them is going to open up the, oh, well, that's true. I didn't think of that. And now they can avoid those pains. And then you are adding even more value and you didn't have to do anything. You just had to tell them something that you've seen throughout your experience, you know, building these outdoor spaces that you've seen and you say, okay, good. Now, another example would be how often it takes much longer to build a pool than most people think it should, right? Especially when you get in the gunite. Those things can take months and months and months to get complete. People think, oh, you dig a hole, throw some concrete in it, throw some water in it, put some tile on it. We're good to jump in, right? They've never built one before. They don't do it like we do all the time. So it's a matter of expectations, setting those expectations, setting those expectations. So when you set them and you say, all right, well, you know, this is going to take a lot longer than you expect. It's going to be a lot dirtier than you expect. There's going to be dust all over your windows. It's going to be all of that stuff. But trust me, just grit through it because you're going to love the result, but it's going to be downright nasty going through this, right? Especially when it gets in the concrete, anything concrete, stamped concrete and the dust they throw on top for the antiquing and for the coloring and all that. You know, it's just a dusty, dirty process. So with that being the case, we just tell them, let them know ahead of time. This way, when it happens, they're like, well, yeah, they already told us about that. Versus I got home, had a bad day at work, and now I can't even see out my windows because there's so much dust and debris on them because of all the work done in the backyard or you know, now my car is always dusty and nasty. I got a brand new car and now I got to deal with this stuff. I can't even get it in the garage. There's mud in the driveway. I'm dragging it in the house now. It's all these things that you could completely eliminate 
by just having a conversation with your clients ahead of time and tell them how rough it's going to get so that when it happens, it's not a surprise and they can prepare for it. At least they can prepare for it. And that's going to help you add more value. And they're going to tell their friends like, yeah, it sucked, but we were ready for it. You know, there's, there's no way around the suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's those things just happen, especially when you take over somebody's property and they can't go outside in the summer. It's uh, it's tough on them. So having like a contingency plan, setting up what to expect when expecting a new backyard, right? It really helps them prepare for that uh, inevitable mud match that's going to happen. Yeah, see, we're learning this process now because, you know, I mean, we're like I said, we've pushed up into a different echelon of a different clientele. So we're going through the process where these things are happening and we're like, damn, why didn't we think of that? Like, you know, we we painted the pergola and we t- they taped the house to protect the house, but they used duct tape. You know, like they now they left mark tape marking on the house. So we're learning and we didn't even know to tell the guys not to even do that. You know, like it wasn't until after it's done, like, oh, shit, now we got to find some, you mean, some glue eraser and get this off the house and not mess up the house. And the client is like, man, why didn't you guys think of that? And like, dude, like, do you see this job? Do you see all the thoughts that has to go down to even create this? And like I said, that's another, this whole crisis thing is pretty deep because that's another level of crisis is that you're able to complain about that and this whole intricate maze just went off in your backyard and it came out to an unbelievable beautiful perfection piece but you're able to complain about some tape stuck to the house that's where the priceless piece jumps in and and it's almost sometimes you almost want to put your hands in the air it's like okay guys um i'll sit back and let you see what which what you're really paying for i mean because you can see what's going on and they're, they're just they just get to talk to people like us they get to to explain what's going on i mean they they have an issue and we show up i mean that's that's a part of what's it to be and what i was talking to my contractor i said we got to do more of this i said we got to find those clients at least 10 of these and cater to them to this level and that's how you build and grow this operation and anything yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But understanding their pains and how to anticipate the the pains coming is is the hugest part, right? You know, it's it's we've had contractors over the years where they take a, a you know, and they're taping off for all the concrete work to be done. They tape off against the house and they tape the entire wall of the house off with plastic and tape so that there's no splatter on the siding and windows and boards in front of windows so nothing gets smashed when they're demoing, like all of that stuff, right? But it's inevitable that there's going to be someone on that crew that ran out of the right tape and they had a second roll in the back of this other tape and they put it on and it's 110 degree day. The stuff sticks to the siding, sticks to the railing on the deck and then they pull it off and the guys are going 100 miles a minute because it's Friday afternoon. They just want to get home. And next thing you know, we get that call. And they're like, yeah, everything looks good, but I can still see the sticky residue on the railings and on the siding of the house. And that residue then attracts all the dirt so it stands out like a like a black eye, right? So then it's like, guys, can you see that? And they're like, you realize how much we go through in a day just to get this thing to make it look easy? Like these are small details. They come out and they fix it. They clean it up. It's not a big deal. But the point is that, you know, having spot checks in place, having people watching, all that kind of thing. And, and just say, look, guys, at the end, if there's stuff that has to be touched up, we touch things up. We'll make sure that it's awesome, right? So it's it's so much of that. But you wish 
to your point, Dwayne, you wish that there was, you know, a little bit more thought that goes into it with some of these guys when they're just rushing through to finish up because they're trying to get onto the next project that they, uh, that they would go through and see some of that stuff. Because again, it's all about coming from the perspective of your prospect, coming from the position of your client. What do they see? They don't know they don't know 99% of the stuff we put into these projects. They have no clue. They think they make a phone call, they see a design, they give a check, and all of a sudden magic happens. It's like an app for them. It's a click of a button and they get their product two days later or a day later on Amazon. Like it, there's, They don't understand anything about what goes on in the background, nor do they have to, or should they, right? As long as they pay that price, everything else should look just as simple as clicking a button, the, the buy now button on um, Amazon and it popping up at the door a day later. Like that's magic to me still. It blows my mind how that happens. The entire structure and all the processes and systems to make that so, so easy. And you pay what you pay for it. And it's going to show up for the most part, right? So it's the same thing for them. They're getting used to that instant gratification world, the world where when they say, I want this, you got to go through three steps and they get that, right? They get exactly what they've asked for. What they haven't figured out or what they haven't thought much about is the additional things that come with that, the mud in the backyard, the being inconvenienced by having trucks in their driveway when they come home from work at night, by having mud on the driveway, by having debris laying around there. If a windstorm kicks up and there's a loose paper or loose something, it blows around in the driveway, whatever, you know, like these kinds of things they haven't anticipated. So once you can help them anticipate that ahead of time, because you guys have done this a thousand times, so start running out a list of things that could happen or probably will happen. Try to eliminate as much as possible through processes and procedures. And if not, let the client know. Say, guys, look, at the end of the project, like we do in every one of ours, is we're going to power wash your driveway. That's standard, right? So when the guys are done and they do the lawn restoration, it's part of the lawn restoration package. They finish the yard off. Everything's beautiful. We leave them back to beautiful grass again, or at least dirt and seeds so they can have grass, right? Back. And then the guys power wash the driveway so it looks like when we first started. We don't leave them a dirty driveway because if we did, they wouldn't be very happy about that. And that's a horrible way to end the project after they spent all this money with you. And now you've just kind of leave it and say, you know what? The details really aren't my thing. Or I don't do, I'm like, that's insane to me. It takes half hour to an hour to power wash a driveway. And it's just such a nice detail to say, guys, we actually truly care. And you talk about becoming priceless. They're, they're going to talk all about that to their neighbors and the neighbor's going to come over with a horror story about how the last guy they work with totally sucked. And now all of a sudden they're like, well, our guys were actually really good. They even washed our driveway at the end. They even cleaned up these little details that we asked about. And they even did this, this, and this. They told us that we're going to be muddy and, and it's going to be a nasty mess in the backyard. And the other person would just look at them and be like, man, I wish somebody would have helped me understand what I was getting into. Because again, they only do this once or twice in a lifetime. We think we do it every day, right? So we're thinking, well, of course they know that. Of course they know it's going to get muddy. Of course they know there's going to be debris and dust. Of course they know their driveway is going to be packed. How else am I going to get into the damn project? But you're not coming from the your perspective's prospect or your client's perspective if you're thinking that way. You got to be thinking this is your home. This is your family. And you're being inconvenienced. How do we eliminate that inconvenience? Because that's how you add even more value. And then when someone suggests to work with you, guys, they got everything covered. Seriously, this was a really great experience from beginning to end because they, they felt like they were in my head the entire time. Each time there was an issue, we adjusted it or, or it didn't even happen. All the stuff that people told me that happened in the backyard, you know, transformation like this, we didn't have to deal with. Or they told us about it and we could make other provisions so we didn't have to worry about it. So again, it's setting those expectations as early as you can. It's going to give you maximum value. And having the client's experience be your number one priority 
Because at the end of the day, if the project is great and they hated the experience, they're probably not going to tell anybody about you, right? They're going to have a nice backyard. People will say, who did it? And they'll tell you who did it. And they're like, yeah, I wouldn't really recommend those guys. You know, so what, what gain did you get? But if you flip the script and say, look, client experience is number one. Our design and all that stuff is obviously super high priority, but it's priority number two. Because without the first one, the second one doesn't happen. Or it's not going to, you know, grow itself through awesome reviews and awesome referrals and things like that. Because that's really where the money's at in those places. You don't have to pay for those things. You do it just by doing an awesome job. Yeah, because that's where my focus is right now on um, building the business. Like Isabel and I, we're focusing on this client experience. She's actually always been on a client experience. I've I've been in, like, I got to get the work done. But I feel like that because we're, we've begot, we've become so busy that I can't really focus the details like I used to anymore. So, you know, they always say when you hire, you're sort of forced to hire in positions that's how you know your company is growing. Like those are different problems. So like if I was to look at the most important piece to hire into the business right now, I know it's somebody to come in here and, and be that liaison with us and the clients and just keeping the clients going through the process, you know, and it's another priceless thing. Like that's very priceless in a business to have even that thought process to for the business to grow. Like this new position is to the point where every time a client calls, they put them in the system and Isabel does her thing. Then it gets passed to me. I do my thing. Then everybody does their thing. But this new member is going to follow that client and make sure that Isabel and I do our thing. So it's almost like we're hiring a boss. We're empowering somebody to sort of assist us to get through. And that's a priceless situation. Like, you mean, like uh, I had a client tell me uh, I had long, I was traveling from Ohio the other day and a client was telling me that the fact that he can refer me out shows that we're doing a great job as a business. And he said, that's how you got to take a look at your clients and your work and things like that. Can we refer you to the next client? Like I should be able to put every client on my reference list. I mean, are we creating that experience that's so great and so powerful? It's there. And right now I feel like it's being tested a little bit. And it, and it could just be, you I mean, like anybody else are looking like, man, you guys are doing a great job. But I feel like I'm being tested because there's so much coming in. I'm trying to figure out who to talk to, when to talk to, what to get done. You mean, and when to sleep, when to take a nap, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> no, but it's, it's so key because think about it. When, when a, a uh, client decides to start working with somebody to build anything, really, uh, it doesn't really matter what it is. Let's just call it outdoor living for now, right? They're, one of their biggest concerns is, you know, or one of their first questions is, all right, something goes wrong in the project. Who do I call? Scheduling, someone doesn't show up, who do I call? There's nothing worse than not knowing who to call or not being able to get answers, especially when you're paying good money for it, right? So having one person that's always the the one contact person, the person always knows what's going on in the project, always knows, you know, the person you're hiring right now, somebody who's always part of that client experience. You know, we call Becky in the office, we call her the uh, personal project concierge right? She takes the first phone call throughout. She's running through all the processing, all the paperwork and permits together. She's working one-on-one -on -one with the client to set up meetings. She's the one that's also creating everything in QuickBooks. So she knows the project intimately from the price structure, from the design structure. Like she knows all of these pieces just by being part of uh, the entire conversation. So when that client calls and has a question, she knows everything that's going on. If she doesn't, she talks to somebody else and then she gets right back in touch with them. So you have one point of contact, that personal project concierge, right? That the same concept is 
when you go to a, a nice, you know, say fancy hotel or you go to a resort in the Caribbean or whatever. And when you walk in a door, you're kind of assigned somebody that is your person. Right. And if you have any questions, you go to George, right? George knows everything. Everyone knows all this stuff. So when you get there, hey, here's George. You have a question. Hey, George, you're like, well, how do we get to the, the scuba diving uh, place so we can get our equipment? And they'd be like, all right, no problem. We take you there now. Right. So you always have a trusted uh, someone on the inside. And that's what this concierge type concept uh, does for the clients, because on these larger projects, people just don't know what they don't know. So if you have one person they can always, always, always count on to be able to have a conversation with and that that person will find the answer if they don't have it, that eliminates so much stress for your client. It's, again, raising the value. How do you become priceless? You create an experience that they can only have with you. You don't, it doesn't matter whether you're selling shoes or outdoor living or you're selling widgets. It doesn't matter. The same concept through all businesses is the same. Make sure your client always feel, feels heard and always feels valued. And if you can have them have a direct connection with someone who can easily facilitate those two, then it's a done deal. You're going to sell more work and you're going to be able to market at your own price because no one else is doing it at your market. Most of the time, it's, it's owner operators that are out there running it. They're trying to answer the phones, take the calls, do the sales leads, do design work, all the pricing and all that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. We all started there for sure. But long play is to focus on separating that client experience and have one person in charge of it. Because when, when you do that, or even multiple people, but one team, let's say, that's in charge of that, you're going to see your numbers go through the roof because people are going to feel like they're kings and queens when you when they talk to you. They're going to be like, wow, this person remembers my name. They remember what we talked about last. They know where we are in our project. It's like you have one person that always knows what's going on and that makes everyone's uh, you know, experience in that client experience much better, including yours as the owners, designers, builders, whatever part you're playing in the, in the overall uh, story here. Um, it also helps you out as well because then everything's a lot smoother and that client experience is great. And then they're not all, you know, hair in the back of their neck up kind of crazy when you get there in the morning because they already have all the answers that they need. Yeah. So again, I hope you guys got a lot from this, this episode here about becoming priceless. It is totally, totally worth your time and totally worth your sweat, if you will, to start building this process within your business and focusing on the client's and not necessarily just your product or service, but your ideal client. Because when you do that, you're going to start opening up a whole nother Pandora's box of a different level that you can take your business and you can start demanding a higher price. You can start, you know, being paid what you're worth and, and charging a premium for your services because you're, you're bringing such a high level of value in the beginning and you're not asking as much as you the perceived value of all that is right so again we call that a value stack and we can easily teach you how to do that here yes express it's exactly what we do as part of our sales program so the clients feel like they're getting a million dollars worth of value and you're only charging them three grand for that design right so there's just there's so many ways you can do that in a very ethical fun way that both sides win and uh, everyone has a much better experience from beginning to end so Thanks for tuning in and I uh, look forward to talking to you guys again in the future about some more topics that we're working on now. And just remember, if you want to deliver higher experience for your clients, always think about going 10x over what they think that they'll actually be paying for it in your, in your give and in your value side of things by educating them, by doing all those things. But always go about 10x over and your clients are going to be thrilled with the results because they're expecting only you know, one of those 10, if you will, right? So, and you're going to deliver 10 of them, dude, it's going to be a, a no brainer. And they're going to be telling all their friends and family about you writing those reviews everywhere and letting you launch. Yeah, this is actually a really good, this subject is really not just for one podcast. Like, you know, it's just sort of the reason why you would listen to the podcast is to become priceless 
and what you do in your business and industry. So this is something I see that we'll be talking about more episodes to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll be back with you soon.